One day, each of us will close our eyes for the final time. Our hearts will slowly cease to beat and our last breath will whisper through silent lips as we leave this existence behind. Yet is this truly the end? Do we simply cease to be as the last spark races from our brains along cooling neurons to its final destination in oblivion? Or does the part of us that is uniquely our own continue beyond the grave? Is there existence beyond the temporal? And if so, what mysteries might that existence hold? There are those who would have us believe that our lives end with our final tomorrow, that the physical world is both our beginning and ultimate end. There are also those who reject this explanation, instead contending that the physical world is simply one aspect of an existence which may stretch on through eternity. For now, we are left to wonder if the strange apparitions are a product of our feverish minds, or if ghosts do haunt the fringes of the material world. The ultimate truth may lie somewhere between, unknown to us until we each pass beyond that veil. And between our searching eyes and that veil lies a path that leads us to the shadows of legend. Hello. Today we're speaking with Brian Hutchinson. He's originally from Sacramento, but now he's traveling throughout Europe visiting castles. He has a travel blog called Brian's Paranormal Travel Blog. Brian, how are you today? Doing pretty good. And how are you doing? I'm doing well so far. All right. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, let's uh, let's wade right in here and uh, let people know exactly what you're doing. Brian's Paranormal Travel Blog is a... Uh, is, uh, a log really of my travels throughout Europe with my wife visiting castles and other ancient locations. And uh, I like to post about the paranormal experiences we've had and the, any evidence that we've captured. I started doing this, uh, the blog itself more recently about a year ago when I finally decided to publish my book, The Ouija's, which is about my experiences in a German forest when I was a child, my father was in the uh, U.S. Air Force and he was stationed over here in Germany and uh, in a housing area on base uh, in, in my room, something came through my wall. It was a, a shadow figure. Uh, I call it later on. The name of the shadow figure would become known as a Ouija between me and my friends, which I detail in the book. So that's when it started. And uh, this story, uh, I didn't publish it. I've published many books, but I didn't publish publish uh, about my paranormal experiences until uh, I got the feeling that it was okay. To be honest with you, when I was much younger, uh, talking about paranormal and ghosts and things like that was kind of taboo. And I'd say in the last 10 to 15 years, it's become more commonplace. More There's more acceptance. So... I decided uh, to go ahead and tell my story about my childhood uh, growing up in Germany and uh, when my father was stationed here and our experiences in a German forest, which was haunted and uh, dealing with the shadow figures and a lady in white, which we saw in that forest. And then um, after I published that book, I hired a photographer for me to go back to that forest and just take pictures of the landscape to show folks where it was exactly that this all took place. So there was no uh, no expectation to capture anything paranormal or anything like that. We were just strictly going there to capture it, to get to get pictures of the landscape to show people where this took place. And uh, in about thirteen of the photos that uh, were taken in the forest that day and uh, subsequently two other times that we went up there, we captured anomalies in the photos. One of those photos um, went viral. If, if anyone wants to check on my blog, they'll see it's about a purple orb that's in the forest. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, it, it, I don't know the right word for that argument or conspiracies about orbs, whether they're uh, lens flares or something else. But this particular orb really looks different in that it looks to itself. It doesn't look like there's any light cast or anything like that. So this photo, it went viral online and I realized a lot of people wanted to see uh, these photos. So I went ahead and published them in a separate book 
uh, titled um, Paranormal Evidence, Evidence Inside the Haunted Forest. And um, anyone can find that on Amazon. That's fine. And they can see all the photos we took that day and the experiences we had in the forest. We had some really wild experiences up there. And uh, I even went up there once on my own to videotape the location and hopefully actually catch some evidence on video. And I did. Surprisingly, it was uh, kind of shocking for me later on to watch the video back. And uh, there was all kinds of crazy what have you going on up there in the I don't want to give it away if anybody wants to watch a video. But well, that was going to be my next question is, is where can we see the video? <laughs> the video is on my Facebook page. Just uh, to, uh, anyone listening, feel free to type in Brian's Paranormal Travel Blog Facebook, and it'll come up. And I have a whole list of videos that I've taken, and you'll see the Haunted Forest. I think it's probably the most viewed on there. And uh, feel free to watch it. Uh, and I'm sure many people will. I will check that out myself. Uh, I was going to ask you if you could give us a little bit of background when you when you say forest, that means that different things to to different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the landscape around there? Is it populated around the forest, or is this basically wild country, like uh, you know Northern California, where you've got you know all those acres of of uninhabited woods? Well. Germany is uh, much smaller than uh, your most states in the United States. Let's pray, for example, Germany can fit into Texas three times. So uh, there is no, uh, there is forest that is not populated, but it's very little. In Germany, you have uh, uh, patches of forest and then uh, housing and then patches of forest in neighborhoods and so on. Uh, it's a, you can't get lost. I, you can, but you can't really get lost in the forest over here without eventually coming on civilization. Now, with that said, it um, I don't give the exact location in the book because I don't want the community there to be inundated with people coming and ghost hunting and things like that. And um, so, but I can say this: it is in the Falterwald. That's the German word for the forest, Falterwald. Uh, and it's the largest forest in Germany. Uh, in this section of the forest, there was a lot of um, ordnance from World War II that fell there. And a lot of people, men, women, children that hid in the forest, they died from all this ordnance. It, it, it was uh, a tragedy. But that's war. World War II, there was a lot of ordnance that fell throughout Germany. But in this forest, you cannot walk 20 feet without happening upon a crater. There's craters literally everywhere. Just you walk through this forest and you're going up and down and uh, just to just to get through it. See, that that's unbelievable to most people, I would say, you know, they're not experiencing that. Yeah, you wouldn't see something like that in the States. Um, it's one of the few remnants of the war that you can still see to this day. Like if you go through the cities, everything's been rebuilt. You really can't see that. But if you go through the forest, especially the Falterwald, you can see a lot of craters and they're still there. Um, so not too far, actually behind our housing area on base, this forest started. And um, I would say just three to four miles away, there's a castle ruins. Um, There's 20,000 castles in Germany itself. Uh, Throughout Europe, there's uh, thousands upon thousands over that. Uh, And so this forest itself, um, it, it, I'm kind of lost here is what I want to say next, but it just to say that it's haunted, I think there's a lot more going on in that forest than even I realize. Lately, when I've been going to castles to videotape my experiences, I've noticed more and more in the videos, there's more evidence than I ever expected, expected especially EVPs, electronic voice phenomenon, captured on the camcorder itself. And uh, at first, it really surprised me, but now it's becoming more and more commonplace, which um, these castles, they've been around for, uh, 
I would say the youngest castle that I've visited lately is maybe 500 years old. And um, I was at a location you can also find on my Facebook page. I was at a location just recently. Well, I say recently last summer in uh, Saarbrücken, which was the first Christian worshiping site in this region of Europe outside of Rome. Um, And it's it it's. 2,000 years old, the location itself, the, um, I think it was in the uh, 600 AD uh, when, they said, when, they, when it became a Christian worshiping site. But prior to that, it was part of the Mythos cult, which was uh, the Romans uh, worshipped at that, at that time. That was back in 2000, uh, 2000 years ago. And so uh, being there... It, when you're in Europe, the, the locations that you find are really, really ancient and very unique. You, I, I think actually I've kind of tapped into something by doing these videos that you really don't see even on TV. Uh, the, like, for example, I say the first Christian worshiping site in this region of Europe, it's hard to fathom what I'm talking about. You haven't even seen it on TV. It's in the woods in Saarbrücken, and um, I might be one of the few people that's actually filmed it. So uh, it's a really unique, I think, what I'm doing. And I'm not, these videos are free. Anybody can go watch them on my um, Facebook page. Or I just started a YouTube channel as well, but I prefer right now people go to Facebook because that's where most of the videos are. I'll start you know, uh, advertising the YouTube channel there as well. But uh, it's easier for folks, I think, if they just go to my Facebook videos and see them. And I have many, many more videos coming that I haven't even posted yet because uh, I, I travel a lot. Um, so, yeah. Well, you, you touched on a really interesting subject there, I think, uh, by, by mentioning that uh, this predated Christianity in the area because different cultures, different religions have different beliefs on, of course, the afterlife and and whether the, for lack of a better way of putting it, uh, the spirit realm can uh, intersect with the realm of the living. Now, do you think that may be part of the reason that area is charged because you have several different uh, religious convergences there? That's hard for me to say. I don't really uh, know that. It, it, you're asking whether I think so, though, and and I do think that's a possibility. I I personally believe that uh, the spirit realm is has no definition that we really understand uh, as far as the ghosts and demons and things like that. We have our own worldly explanations for them, but what they really are, I don't think any of us really absolutely know. Um, and if they're involved with different religions, like uh, like for example, you had cannibals, you had. Uh, um, Christians later on, you had uh, the Romans worshiping multiple gods, you had the Greeks worshiping multiple gods. So there's so many different religions over the centuries. It's hard for anyone to point and say, I, I think there are people that do say yes, for this reason, or that reason, or this religion, or that religion. I can't really say that I don't know. But what I do know is that there is something else out there. I would, you know, my childhood experiences, um, I, I kind of brushed them off for years and years and years thinking it was my imagination. Of course, that doesn't really work because it was my shared imagination with some friends. You know, we were attacked by these things in the forest, uh, the shadow figures themselves, you know. And so, but for years, uh, I kind of like put it in the back of my mind and ignored it until finally I decided to write about it. But going now and doing this more often, I'm starting to realize that this is more uh, common than or more, um, I don't know the right word for that, widespread. It's more common than I ever thought it was. And um, or it could be that I am sensitive to these things because I've watched many travel videos and I don't see this stuff in those travel videos. And one of the great things about technology today, anyone can take one of my videos off Facebook and give it to a um, technical pro and see if I've modified it in any way. And they'll find out I haven't. 
And so that leads, lends credence to it. Well, that is kind of the catch-22 about, uh, about technology. People are, are quick to believe that something's faked, but you also have the ability to go in and see if, if the video or the audio has been altered. Right, if it's been layered or whatever, yes, definitely. Um, and I, 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 I'm not a really auto audiophile or technician. Rather, I can record on a camcorder, but <laughs> I can't really modify too much as far as that. But I'm more than certain that anyone could go in there and take a look what's been added or subtracted or whatever. Um, but as far as your question with religions, that's very hard for me to answer. I think it is possible, but I really don't know. I see. Well, and that's uh, just something that uh, to consider. Yes, definitely. Because everyone has a different belief system, of course. And uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, blowing this off kind of as, as uh, your imagination. Well, that, that's part of the culture. It has been for, for decades. To, to say something isn't real, that it was just your imagination, you didn't see it clearly, you didn't hear it clearly, or anything like that. Well, now people have uh, gotten to the point where they're wanting to examine things, and, and I think in a lot of ways they have a more open mind. Agreed, absolutely, and that's kind of why, uh, that is why I decided to go ahead and uh, tell my story from my childhood, because exactly that, people are more open to it and less likely to um, ridicule uh, because you're revealing your experience. And um, yeah, so that, that's why I went ahead and, and, and told my story. And you're right, because when I, was, when I saw the shadow figure coming through my wall when I was a child and I screamed and my father came running in the room, I could have sworn my father saw it but he didn't admit to seeing it and then he turned on the light and it was gone but i always had this feeling that he saw it uh but he never admitted to seeing it and then like you said i was told that it was my imagination and that's what i believed then but then it recurred and i think the housing area that we lived in it's now gone um it's been replaced by townhouses <laughs> but the, that housing area had been there since uh, World War II, or thereabouts. It was built, I believe, directly after World War II. And a lot of people in that area uh, had been killed during the war. And so um, I do believe the housing, that unit that we were in, was definitely haunted on top of the forest because where that housing unit was, that used to be the forest. The forest was cleared to build it. And so when we went out back, my friends and I, into the forest and we, we traveled and we, you know, back in the 80s, kids were out there exploring the woods and didn't come back till the nighttime. And we were out there in that forest and we went pretty deep, deeper than, than uh, we probably should have. And uh, we saw things that just blew our minds. We saw these shadow figures in the trees. They attacked us. They chased us. This sounds so unreal, but it happened. And um, then we we uh, we played with a Ouija board. In the book, I call it a spirit board, just in case I don't want to deal with any copyright issues. But uh, so we played with this board, and it actually told us where to go to find a cave in the forest. None of us believed it, but we decided to go ahead and follow this path that it gave us to find this cave. And it was at the top of a, um, a nearby mountain. Now, mountains in this part of Germany that we lived weren't really, well, you would probably call them hills, but uh, it's not like the Alps. So we went into the forest and we climbed this mountain as kids. It definitely was a mountain. So as kids, we, we climbed up there and we, we, we followed where the spirit board told us to go. And lo and behold, there was a cave. And we, it was difficult for us to find it because it was on the side, uh, on a, 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 a very dangerous part of the mountain, actually, because it was sheer. And we had to find our way down some rocks to get to it. But it was there. So there's no way we could have possibly known it was there on our own. We're just eight, nine-year-old kids, uh, military brats living in the area, Americans in Germany. So how are we going to know there's a cave there in that forest? Right. It's not something that you would have discovered during normal, just, 
you know, garden variety exploration, we'll say, of children. <laughs> uh, I don't think so, but uh, it, 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 it was so hidden, uh, but, but we found it. And when we got there and we went in that cave, we saw something in there uh, that to this day is just hard for me to believe. And, um, and there is a common myth, not myth, or legend would be the better term, in Germany that uh, a lady in white frequents castles. And you have it in the States as well. Lady in white frequently certain highways, certain locations. Um, so it's hard to brush off because that legend is so well known. And it's always, well, who knows how ghosts really appear? Maybe that's how we see them is a figure in white. And that's the way a ghost happens to appear. Now, that doesn't kind of add up to the dark shadow figures we saw. But when we were in this cave, we saw what we believed to be a lady in white. I described her for years and years and years as a mist lady. And that is white. And she looked, uh, we could see through her, and she literally looked like mist. Um, and so she was a lady in white, but it, it, to me it looked like mist. And uh, one of the unique things here in Germany, especially in the fall and in the winter, there's a lot of mist, um, especially in the hilly parts of the and in the forest. But uh, we were pretty certain that this was a female figure. So uh, I believe that the lady in white does exist. Uh, I recently visited a castle here in Germany called Hohenzollern, and it is supposedly where this myth or this legend started here in Germany. And uh, we were up there. I didn't see any lady in white while we were up there. Uh, it was an amazing castle. If you ever watched the movie A Cure for Wellness, it's where that movie was filmed. Um, it's a hilltop castle. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, so that's where that myth was started. And now that I think back on it, because I didn't put two and two together for a long time until I thought about it, I said, wait a minute, we saw a mist lady in this cave. I had written about it, you know, in my notebooks and everything, even before I knew about this lady in white legend. And, and more recently I was with Eric and we Eric's uh, somebody that goes with me to a lot of these uh, castles. I travel with him. He's a photographer and he takes a lot of photos. Um, he hasn't caught anything in his photos that uh, we can call paranormal. Um, but uh, I hope he does eventually, <laughs> but he hasn't. Another photographer I've gone with, it seems to be nothing that she catches all kinds of. Uh, I think certain people are really sensitive to it and others just aren't. And no matter how much they try, they don't. Uh, I'm getting a little off topic, but I was just uh, talking about Eric. You could edit this later. But uh, so anyways, I put together the uh, Miss Lady and the Lady in White. And I think actually we saw this Lady in White that is part of this legend uh, because on the opposite side of this mountain, I found out later and I recently wrote about it, is that there are castle ruins. I didn't know they were there. In fact, I just recently found out about it when somebody read my story and said, you know, there's castle ruins up there. Um, and I was like, well, first of all, I didn't tell you where it was, but uh, I knew the person who read it. So he he knew where I grew up. So it, it wasn't didn't take much to one plus one, you know. So anyways, he told me there's castle ruins up there. And Eric and I, we went up there and we found those castle ruins. And it's not much of castle ruins left there. It's really just some stones. So we could have passed it as kids and not even realized it. Um, but nearby to that, this is where the other religion factor comes in. Just about, I would say, 200 yards from there is an ancient Roman burial ground, um, which was at the time a Roman settlement, and they had a cemetery up there. And so we went, uh, Eric and I went to that as well. And uh, we found some open grave. Apparently, grave robbers had been there, and and or they looted, or 
excavated and didn't fill them back in. We don't know. But we were up there, and I tell you, that was just one of the creepiest places I've ever been. Um, I didn't see anything like shadow figures while I was up there, but the feeling I had up there is that nothing good was up there. Um, but I had no clue that these locations were in that forest. So to kind of relate to your question about the religion aspect, let's look at something different, the, the different types of conflicts that have happened in this location and other locations. So you had World War II, you had World War I, you had the Romans in the area, the Holy Roman Empire, so much chaos and so much destruction and so much killing throughout the centuries. These castles, they fought each other. You have France, which is about an hour from this location. The Faltzerwald, uh, actually the Faltzerwald goes all the way up to France. Um, so the French, Napoleon and uh, other King Louis, they came through this part of Germany and wiped it out several times. And then you had the Peasants' War which uh, a 30-year war, they call it, in, in Europe. And 60% of the German population was wiped out during that war. I believe that was in the 17th century. Uh, it, it might be the second. I think it was the 17th century. Um, so there's been so much conflict in Europe that uh, you can't really nail down what conflict is causing the hauntings? There are hauntings. I truly believe that. But which conflict, which religion, why? I don't think anybody can nail that down because in one location alone, there's been several wars, world wars, uh, uh, the peasant war, um, castle wars, uh, the French-German war, the Holy Roman Empire. I mean, you name it, and I don't think anybody can say this ghost is from that, the, the lady in white is from this, or this religion, or I don't think anybody knows, because it's, it's impossible. Uh, well, yes, I, I would imagine it would be, but uh, based on that, it is, it's possible that a person could go into a specific haunted location, we'll say three different times, and encounter a ghost from three different time periods. Absolutely. I totally uh, believe that. Yes. Um, but how would you know which one's which? Well, I, don't, and, I don't know. That. Well, I, yeah. was, I was going somewhere with that because I was going to ask you on some of your evidence, if you picked up any EVPs or anything like that, and there was any intelligible language that you've picked up. The weird thing is, and uh, this surprises Eric and I, because we've caught the most EVPs together on my camcorder. Okay. Um, I don't know if you want me to mention the brand, but uh, apparently this brand is really popular with ghost hunters back in the States. Um, do you want me to mention a brand? or? Oh, you can if you'd like. It, it's Panasonic. And so it's a Panasonic camcorder, but whether that matters or not, I don't know. But... Uh, I have had so much luck with this camcorder's microphone. It picks up stuff that I would have never imagined. And I've had other recorders that pick up nothing. But anyways, uh, so Eric and I have been going to these. He doesn't pick up anything in the cameras, but we've been in his photographs, but we've been picking up EVPs on my camcorder. And the weirdest thing is, is that everything I've picked up so far has been in English doesn't make a lot of sense because no it doesn't that that's it, interesting though yeah now i did read somewhere um that spirits can speak the language of the person they're talking to whether that i whether i'm reaching or not i don't know but i have read that before and i'm starting to believe it because the evps that i have as far as i can tell they're in english and here's the thing i speak german I speak Dutch. So if they wanted to speak to me in those languages, it could. I would understand them. But it's always been in English. And I don't necessarily know why that is. It's great because the people in my audience can understand them. But uh, that does, that does uh, make me wonder. Now, I have had some unintelligible uh, 
voices like when I was going through today I was looking at and I couldn't understand what it was saying it could have been another language for all I know that in a language that I don't speak um, but I think uh, actually also on an episode from uh, you probably know Josh Gates right and so on one of his episodes he also said that uh, his EVPs are in English and he believes that they speak the language of the person that's recording them so that they could communicate. I don't I don't know whether spirits um, communicate that way or not, but it does appear to be that way because why am I getting them in English? Well, you know, it would be useful, for instance, because uh, you speak you said you speak German, but you, you don't speak the German that uh, was spoken, we'll say, 700 years ago because language evolves. Absolutely. That is true. Yeah. And uh, there's in Germany, there's many different dialects, too. Um, so uh, I don't even understand. So, like if you go to uh, what's called Bayern, which is near Munich here, they speak such a harsh dialect. I'm, a lot of times I don't even understand them. Uh, my English is not my sorry. My German is not absolutely fluent. It's pretty good, but it's not fluent. So I don't know what, why, the, why the EVPs are in English, but they are. To get back to your question, though, as far as an indication of what uh, timeline it is, I haven't received anything like that. I have I received in uh, the Hardenburg Castle, which is one of the largest castle ruins in Germany. I was in one of the rooms there. Uh, I heard something out loud which is unique uh, as far as the voice goes. I heard it out loud, and I also recorded it, so I was able to hear it back. But also, I a few moments later on the recording, there was another um, voice. I think it was the same voice, but I didn't hear it out loud. It was only on the, uh, the device, so the camcorder. And that one I kind of didn't like, and it was very clear to me because it was like, you leave. And that's my first leave EVP that I've ever gotten where I'm told to get out. Yeah, and that, I didn't that would hear be disturbing. It, it very, very. It was creepy as all get out when I listened to it back. And uh, even my wife, she was like, don't go back there. I went back there, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I had no choice. I, had to, I haven't even listened to... Um, the uh, recordings from the uh, second visit yet. And I'm kind of nervous to listen to him because I did hear something out loud when we were there the second time. But I, I, I can't say oh, what timeline it is. I even got, um, I know you, your fan, your uh, audience can't see it, but I even got this map from the castle itself to see which room that was in. And that was the room that was um, the first one attacked. Actually, it was the hillside of the castle and not the uh, hill. It was the hillside inside. You have the outside, which is the cliffside where it's very difficult to attack the castle. So they came around the mountain and attacked it from the, uh, the top of the mountain. So we were there. So that's where the majority of people were probably killed. Um, but I couldn't. And that, that castle has been there for 900 years uh, but it was destroyed by Napoleon. So I'm thinking that is the era that the, the voice may have come from. But is it always voices from those who have died through conflict, or murder or killing? Or could it be voices of people that have just died peacefully? I don't know. But what I do know is it wasn't nice the way it said you leave. Um, I haven't, that's not posted on my Facebook or anything yet. I just discovered it recently. Um, that was the first time since I was a kid that a spirit has scared the living hell out of me. Um, just by listening to it back, why I went back there. To that was, <laughs> a, that was a, a good segue into the next question. I know you mentioned that when you were chased by the shadow figures. But what were the times during your investigations where you actually felt physically threatened? You could even go back to that first one when you were a kid. Well, okay, that, oh my goodness, I hope I described this well in the book. Um, I, we were in the forest and we were, cli I was climbing trees with two of my friends, Kenny and Steve. And while we were up in the trees, a storm started. I thought it was a storm. 
And the next thing I know in these trees, uh, the shadow figure was there. And I couldn't, I couldn't get out of the trees fast enough. It was just so scary. And the wind was picking up and I really felt that I was in danger. I did finally get out of the forest, but it was really, really very, very scary. Then, um, and I think that's the reason why I'm so scared of heights now, because I was way up there in the trees when it happened. And I used to climb trees as a kid with no problem. I loved going to the top. And uh, today I have a heights problem. I'm working on that with my adventures. You'll see me videotaping off uh, cliffs from safe distance. But um, I really have a heights problem, though. Um, and it, I think that's when it started because I was at the top of the trees when these things came at us. And it was absolutely frightful. Uh, they were dark. They were also misty and had yellow eyes. I didn't see any mouth. I didn't see a face, but I did see the eyes and they were real and they could touch us. And when they did, it was cold, freezing ice. And um, I honestly believe if they could have and maybe they could have, but if they could have heard us further, they would have um, or they let us go. I don't know. But I also know that when we went back up into the forest, like, idiots we went back looking for uh the cave after the spirit board told us about it and we found it and we came back down and these uh when we came back down the mountain after seeing the misleading we were running and we were lost and um we finally found the right path back uh these shadow figures came after us again and it was terrifying now here's the thing and, I, and i'm very careful when i talk about this my best friend, his name was Jake, and in in, uh, that's not his real name, but uh, I'm going to be careful with that because he did pass away. I will say that when Jake, Jake was touched by this lady in white, and she reached out and touched his head, and I'll never forget that. And, of course, we were very, very young, so I don't know if this led to his mental problems that he had later in his life and he ended up dying very early, very young. And I don't know, I, I'm very careful when I say that it, it, that it, that was the reason, but I've always thought about she touched him. And then later on he had all these mental problems and eventually um, those mental problems led to his passing. And that's, that's a very sensitive topic and I'm very sensitive to his family and everything like that. But I've always thought that to myself that that, that is something that is possible. And so I think uh, spirits and entities can cause harm if they want to. I, that's my own personal belief. I don't know whether that's the case or not, but I have a strong belief in that direction. Well, that's a, an, an interesting possibility because in a situation like that, a very traumatic experience, people think that, okay, well, I, I survived it, I move on, but uh, have you survived all the lingering after effects? Right. Uh, that's a good question because also – I had nightmares for years and years and years, and I still have nightmares. Um, and I, I, I'm careful because uh, my wife will probably listen back to this, but I have felt things at night, even in our home, that I know aren't there, uh, you know, in the, in the real world. But spiritually, I felt stuff and um, it scares me, and I know it's there. And I think I do have a, a, a sensitive feeling for that, and I've kind of blocked it off from when I was a child. But lately, now that I've been doing more adventuring and actually looking for it, I'm op I think I'm opening a gateway, and I don't know how far I want to open that. <laughs> well, that is a consideration, because I think a lot of people go into things without any... Um, organization for the lack of a better way to put it or planning and uh, once you throw open all the doors then they're difficult to get closed again right so, so it, yeah it's something it bears considering but do you think that some people are 
more sensitive to these things? Or do you think that it's just that some people are more willing and open to recognize them when they happen? I think there's a mixture. There's, there's both. Because um, I think there are people that are naturally um, uh, sensitive to the otherworldly. I'll just call it otherworldly right now. Um, I think there are other people, and I think I'm one of those because I recently did something which I probably shouldn't have done. <laughs> I was at Wolfsburg Castle, and I decided to open myself up to the location and see and talk about what I felt while I was videotaping. I went up there by myself. I didn't go with anyone. I, and I just videotaped the whole thing and had a, I had a conversation with the viewer about what I was feeling. And I haven't shared that video with anyone yet because um, I'm not sure if I want to go in that direction or not. Uh, because I did go to that castle once in the past with a photographer, the same photographer who took the photos in the haunted forest that actually caught anomalies. And uh, I saw uh, a young female ghost, uh, or person rather, but it was a ghost. <laughs> Uh, following her around. I saw that in my mind's eye. I could literally see her. And every now and then, the photographer, she would make this gesture behind her as if shooing something away, like she was, you know, but she was doing it uh, without thinking about it. She was just naturally doing that and walking away from this entity. And I didn't tell her. I never told her that. Of course, she listens to this. She's going to know. Well, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also in that, uh, when I went back to Wolfsburg and I videotaped on my own, I did talk about that. And um, I also talked about what I saw there. And there was a shadow figure there as well. Very, very dark figure. And I went to a location that I did not know was there while I was videotaping. I walked behind the castle into the woods and right into a old Celtic um, uh, site where uh, they found, um, what do you call it, uh, a, a Celtic um, community. Uh, and I think what was also a sacrificial altar. I did not know that was behind there. I just followed my... Um, instincts and went back there and it kind of scared me that i found that back there because i felt it and that's actual visual evidence now the hard part about that videotaping is that anyone can say well you already knew it was up there but between you and me i'm telling you i went i was just videotaping and, and following my instincts and i went back there and i found that and i kept going and going and going and going and this led deeper and deeper in the forest and i got to a location where i felt like um, the people that had once been in that castle had been brought up there, probably the people who owned it or the, it wasn't a king. I know that. I could feel that. It was, but it was a leader, uh, was brought up there and sacrificed, uh, but not by the Celts. This happened later on, and I believe it was probably during the Peasants' War in Germany. So, as far as EVPs go, I haven't got anything to indicate timeline, but as far as my own feeling, I kind of can, uh, now that we talk about it, I guess I kind of can indicate which timeline it was because it was a Celtic site, but it wasn't a Celtic ritual that I was um, experiencing. I, I was experiencing something that happened in the 30-year war in Germany. Um, and... I, I tell you, I, I don't know if I should be doing that or not. And I don't even think I can close it anymore. Once I vote, maybe as a kid, I blocked it off. But now as I'm going through and my mind's eye sees these things, I'm seeing them more and more. I don't know that I'm a medium or anything like that, but I do know that I feel things. And the more I go out there, the more frequently I'm getting, getting evidence, the more frequently I'm feeling things and seeing things, it's kind of scaring me a little, but I don't want to stop. <laughs> That's the bad part about it is, is I need to know. It's like this hunger. But I also have a fear as a child. And I think because of this experience in the haunted forest with the shadow figures, I was a very uh, 
I also had as a kid ADHD. So I was uh, a kid that was frequently punished um, for his behavior, but I was also uh, very scared of things, not just, you know, getting in trouble. I was scared of the supernatural. I was scared of heights after that experience in the trees. I, um, it took me years and years to get over some of my phobias and to put myself out there as far as uh, writing my books and things like that. Um, well, would you say that your experiences have been sort of therapeutic to you then? Uh, therapeutic in a bad way to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, yes, I agree. Now that I've written about those experiences, that has been therapeutic. Going to these locations and letting myself experience what I experienced, that has been uh, because I know now that I wasn't making, I wasn't, it wasn't make believe. It was real. And these things exist. Whether other people believe them or not, or they think I'm full of crap. Is has become irrelevant. I'm at an age now that I really don't care. Whereas 30 years, not 30 years ago, but years ago, um, I had that fear of what people, their opinions of, of what, uh, what they would think. And like I said, the last 10 or 15 years, people are more open to it. But actually now too, I'm not so concerned of, um, you know, whether people believe me, uh, like I said, the videos are for free and stuff. So I'm not even doing it to uh, make anything out of it, although I have published books. But um, I published a lot of books before that. So uh, I do think it's therapeutic to a degree, but I also think it's dangerous to a degree. So I have to find that balance. Um, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just going on and on. On that subject, uh, the therapeutic aspect and the dangerous aspect of it, uh, the things that you've learned doing this is the, for the time that you've done it, what uh, cautions would you have for people who are interested in checking out things like this? And uh, what tips could you offer to, to make it better for them? As far as cautions go, it's hard to say don't open yourself up too much because each individual is different but if you do feel like you really are seeing uh the supernatural or hearing it or feeling it it is a good idea to talk to somebody about it who has had experiences that maybe can help you uh i think today it's a lot easier to do that than it used to be because there's more groups uh, uh paranormal groups and investigators and things than, than there used to be so I think that's a good idea. I also think if you want to go out and, and find things, uh, one of the things, my blog is a travel blog. It's travel first. I go out and I travel to all these locations and the paranormal, if I, I used to have the tagline, I stumble upon paranormal activity. Well, I don't really stumble upon it anymore because now I've been looking for it, but uh, I didn't do that at first. So a good thing to do is to find locations you want to visit, ancient locations anywhere. It can be in the States. It can be in any country. They, they exist. Um, and go out. It doesn't even have to be ancient, but go to locations and just for the location to see what's there. Go to a castle to see the ruins, to see how it was built. And while you're dear, there, learn a little bit about the culture of that location. Um, and on top of that, maybe a little bit of the history. And then as you do that, the more you do it, maybe get a feeling for the place. And when I say that, just stand there quiet, take it in, look what's there, imagine how they must have built it, what 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 they must have gone through. And um, if you do have the ability to sense, are sensitive to the paranormal or the supernatural or the otherworldly, I think you're going to start feeling it, and then you can decide whether you want to open yourself up to that. I do believe that some people um, can open themselves up to that with the belief, but I also think there's other people that are totally closed off to it that won't believe it no matter what, unless it actually uh, comes and knocks on their door. But I think those people who really don't believe in it, are less likely to be affected by it. So you kinda gotta open yourself up to it. And a way to do that, I think, is the way I was saying is get get involved in the environment where you're located, where you're going to, whatever location you're at. 
if you'd like an example of that, is when I went to the Roman location in Saarbrücken, which is a, a location in Germany, that 2,000-year-old uh, Roman site that where they, uh, the, the Mythos cult where they worshipped, and then later on became a Christian site. When I was there, I was trying to think to myself, how did these Romans uh, change their religion, you know, from, from the occult type uh, religion? We call it cult because it wasn't Christianity at the time, but later on it didn't become Christians. I was trying to imagine how that change occurred and how they lived there. And the more I did that, the more I could feel the location. So... Yeah, I think the way to open yourself up is to get involved in the location uh, with your mind and your body and the history and, and all of that. And things can come to you or not. You just have to be open to it. I think that's a very uh, sound advice there. And uh, I'm glad that you shared some of your stories with us. And, and hopefully we can have you back on to share more of your story. It's been a uh, been, I hope I uh, gave you some good information. I, I'll be honest with you. This is the first uh, podcast that I'm doing um, as far as uh, Brian's paranormal travel blog goes, because I only started that uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, other people, your listeners might already know me from another blog I have, which is called positive writer. And I'm the founder of Positive Writer, and uh, uh, I've done a lot of writing books. So this is actually the first podcast or anything I've done as far as the supernatural goes. So Well, we appreciate that, definitely. Yeah. So I hope I gave you some good information. Well, I think you have a high credibility in the field. Well, thank you. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Look forward to it, too. This is Charles Romans, and on behalf of myself and our guests, thank you for joining us on this walk through the shadows of legend. If you like what you heard, please follow us and visit our website at shadowsoflegend.com and support our Patreon page to help keep the content flowing. And if you would like to be a guest and share your own brush with a stranger paranormal, don't hesitate to email us and include a contact number. The strange and surreal, the normal and the paranormal are all aspects of the world in which we live. As you reflect upon the stories we have shared, keep in mind that the people sharing these stories are actual, real people just like us. Were the stories shared compelling enough to be given credibility, or should they be relegated to the deeper part of the shadows? But when determining this, it might be a good idea to keep an open mind, because when we look around, we might discover that our own world is less brightly lit than we once thought. Until next time, I'll be waiting for you in the shadows of legend.